0: Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, in studio by my good friends, my partners in radio, my partners in publishing, and uh, all that that entails, all the fun that that entails right now, Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Boys, uh, it is early in the morning. Um, We have just come together and had the world's shortest production meeting uh, about our content for today, which I'm excited about. And uh, I gather you guys are too, but Pipe, before we get into um, the, the meat of today's show, uh, why don't you tell us about the business aspect of this operation, um, which is huge and successful, much like our book sales in the past for all three of us. Kyle, if you're listening, um, it's, 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 enormous. Just been a, it's been a wild, lucrative ride for us boys, and uh, it's only getting more lucrative. So Pipe, tell our listeners about our sponsor for today.
1: Uh, our sponsors for today are our partner Redbud City Coffee Roasters. So uh, we have enjoyed being coffee moguls for some time now, and the partnership with Redbud is uh, is a thriving one. Um, if you go to redbudcoffee.com, you can see they have a rotating list of roasts. From They're all single origin. They're from all over the world. Uh, I just ordered, I think, the Costa Rican and the Brazilian roasts a couple days ago. They should be arriving anytime. Um, so yeah, go check them out. They're, uh, they're just a great family run business. I think they're out of like central Illinois. So, uh, just true salt of the earth people. And then use the code happy rant at checkout to get a 10% discount. They have, you can order whole bean or ground. You can order them in standard, like 12 ounce bags or really big 36 and 48 ounce ones. If you're a bit of a coffee fiend, uh, I've done that in the past. I kind of like having the extra coffee on hand. So again, go to redbudcoffee.com use the code happy rent at checkout get 10 percent off um there, there, other they also well, have
0: offices in new york and la though I mean, oh yes to be, yeah to be fair because like us they're also super successful kyle if you're listening that's all. <laughs> yes and
1: i mean it's and you know salt of the earth doesn't it doesn't just mean heartland
0: no right salt of the earth means you know successful regardless of where you are yes um I and, and trustworthy. I, I don't know what salt of the earth means, but I associate it with trustworthy and hardworking. They are both. Too. Yeah. How much of your self-esteem, you guys, do you derive from being coffee moguls still? For me, it's significant. I mean, I have no self-esteem, so it's kind of a both and. I, I derive you more know, from being a coffee of. drinker just because it, it
1: just sort of boosts me every day.
0: Yeah. Solid. And
1: what then. Well, I dwell, Does yeah.
0: boost you every day as well. It does, actually, although
1: my, my wife listens to it more frequently than I do. I use it periodically. She uses it pretty much every day while she gets ready for work. Uh, right. So Dwell Bible app is our other partner and sponsor for today. And so Dwell is an audio Bible app, and they have just recently rolled out a new feature that they wanted us to highlight, which is actually pretty cool. It's a sleep timer, so you can set it up so you know have like Psalm 23 reading to you as you fall asleep, and instead of burning your battery all night long... It will actually cut off after 30 minutes or whatever your timer is. Along with that, they have listening plans. They have playlists. They have a whole variety of different ways that you can set up a listening experience to kind of maximize your engagement with Scripture through Dwell. Uh, if you go to dwellapp.io slash happy rant, you can get a 20% discount off the annual subscription or the lifetime subscription. It comes out to less than $2 a month. So very affordable, very worthwhile, and a great way to get scripture into those parts of your life where otherwise you might not be able to sit and read and focus, but commuting, chores, exercising, falling asleep with this great new sleep timer feature, etc. So again, go to dwellapp.io slash happy and check that out.
0: Nice. It's almost as though Dwell like was calibrating these things with our best interests in mind, Piper, which sounds a whole lot like the people we're going to talk about today, which is our mom's Uh, you had a brilliant idea of like whatever, whatever's the opposite of this godless hellscape of a year that we're in. And, uh, we, we decided that it was our mothers. We've talked about our dads a lot on the program. We're all big fans of our dads, but we're big fans of our moms too. And, uh, we're just going to talk about our, our moms today on the, on the happy rant. So shout out mothers, shout out our mothers. Um, pipe, where should we start with this? I feel like they're there should be like a little bit of a roadmap of where we're gonna go, but I'm I'm just gonna toss a question out there and we'll see what kind of uh, what kind of dialogue it gets going. What's your what's your favorite like enduring memory of your mother from like childhood? Um, and pipe you can get us started. Um,
1: man, there's uh. I think my favorite enduring memory of my mom, my mom was a big reader and not just like sit in a corner and read by herself, but like she, she made through that. She made sure that we were a family of readers. So we used to take these family road trips, like vacations and stuff. And we always loaded into the big, like Woody station wagon, you know, like the backwards facing seat and stuff. The backward facing seat. Yeah. Yep. So because there was, there was four boys at the time, this was before uh, we adopted my sister. Um, I got stuck in the way back with the luggage, which sounds a lot like uh, punishment, except that it was awesome because I got to, like, throw a sleeping bag on top of the suitcases and play with my GI Joes (laughs) and whatever uh, while my brothers were all crammed in the crappy vinyl middle seat. And uh, Uh, But my mom would kill a lot of the time. This is all kind of pre-electronic devices except maybe Walkman's. And she would read to us. So my mom would read like whole series of books to us, not just like little kids books when we were elementary school, but like fantasy and historical fiction and all this stuff. So um, she'd kind of angle around on that front bench seat, you know, pass out the snacks and then read to us for like... It felt like hours at a time, and I would just be lying on top of the suitcases while she read – I'm trying to think some of the series that she read. I mean she would do do like Chronicles of Narnia. She probably did The Hobbit, but there was a couple book series. Um, There was a guy named John White who did this whole series about – it was kind of Christian-based fantasy fiction. She would read Stephen Lawhead stuff to us, Mm -hmm. and so that's that's where I learned like what being drawn and quartered was. Um, Nice. You know, because that's that's what good moms teach their sons on long road trips is what it means to be drawn and quartered,
0: which is what so, would have happened if anyone had hit, like had hit the back end of your car.
1: You know, those, <laughs> those weren't built for safety.
0: Necessarily. It's, it's also
1: what might have happened from my dad if we had spoken ill of my mom or to my mom. I think he might uh, have also drawn and quartered us. So yeah, that's there was cool uh,
0: though when when the the pops comes to the defense of the mom though. Oh, kind that of was terrifying. Of that. My yeah. yeah, my
1: dad, my dad. He wasn't. He didn't have a hot temper in general, but mm-hmm. yeah, don't cross my mom. Uh, if you were one of her sons, he didn't stand for it.
0: Now she wouldn't get carsick reading in the car, like that. No,
1: it, you know, gift God's gift to to our whole family that she could like turn around, yeah. face backwards in a in a car. Granted riding in one of those station wagons wasn't like riding in a car it was it was probably smoother than riding in an airplane
0: it's like a living room on wheels yeah
1: they go. were so heavy and then we had like 8000 pounds of luggage in there plus uh <laughs> what six six people so yeah it was just gliding just floating along and of Dude, course my dad remarkable. was driving so you're also going like 11 miles an hour in the right lane so
0: <laughs> so john piper was a slow driver
1: still is yep he's a right lane speed limit
0: guy Okay. So I want to go in on that for like two minutes. Was it convictional? Like this is what the speed (laughs) limit is. Therefore this is what I'm doing. Like I can't imagine that there was any area of his life that went unlike examined. So was it, was it that kind of deal or was it just sort of like timidity on the road? Oh no, he's not timid. You know wow. that because like how he turns left at
1: green lights in front of other cars. <laughs> he's okay. it's not it's not timidity, it's absolutely a it's, it's lawfulness. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. he is a letter of the law, he's like it says fifty-five, mm-hmm. there's not a rationalization for going faster, except I don't want to follow the law. Yeah. Whereas my argument is if it's not enforced, it's not really yeah. a law. And I've asked police officers, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, eight nine over is fine. At ten, we'll start to look at you." So, yeah, if that's yeah. what the law enforcement says, that's the actual law. So sure. we we disagree on this. I don't argue with them. I just drive faster.
0: That's funny, man. Big R, tell us about your mom, baby. Best like or most enduring childhood memory? Yeah, man. Pipe said something that was that was
2: funny about. It kind of it it uh, struck a memory inside of me, which was I remember the first time my dad referred to, he was angry because mom had had a bad, bad day with the kids. Mm-hmm. And I remember when he got home, it was the first time he referred to our mom as his wife. Oh uh-huh. yeah.
0: That stuff it was sticks like, with you. Oh,
2: I, for- I forgot that the only reason why we exist is because she's your wife and she was your wife first. <laughs> and I um, mean, yeah. he made that like really clear and I went, oh, I forgot. Like, she's not your, she's not your mom. She's yeah. your wife. And you're not real happy with us right now. Yeah. Um, and that was, I know that was a sobering moment because of the way he said it. And I was like, oh, okay. Hearing you Yeah.
1: You, you realize that in that moment, he's looking at you the same way he would look at like a drunk guy who catcalled totally. her.
2: Yeah. He's like, you will not and insult sure. my
1: wife. And you're like, he oh. should look at
2: you that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so we grew up in this really, this sort of magical rural part this valley in Southern California. And what what was great about it was that it was magic and it was these rolling green hills and there was nobody around. What was bad about it was that everything was an hour away. Ah. Um, And so my dad bought my mom this, I mean, there was only three of us by this time, but my dad bought my mom this 12 passenger Ford Econoline van (laughs) Uh, which again man thinking of dad's logic through this given the gas mileage that it got again the gas was probably only 50 cents a gallon anyway but nevertheless um my enduring endearing memories of ma would be um man just driving in this passenger van everywhere we spent a considerable amount of time in the passenger van in the economy Mm -hmm. and
0: would this have been like an early homeschool van like a like a first-gen homeschool van kind of thing.
2: Yeah, it probably would have been, and, um, you know, minus the homeschool, right? Because this For was sure. all pre-homeschool sure. hype and all that stuff, so... Dude, this was see, in the,
0: like, the boom of Christian education.
2: It like totally Christian was. So this was yeah. early, yeah, this was Christian school personified. But yeah. our Christian school at the time, we drove, like, an hour and 15 minutes each way to get to school, like, everybody.
0: Wow, dude. That was, is a, a big-time commute. You guys could... It was put, brutal. It was thousands brief. of dollars of gas through that account line. That's yeah,
2: That was just my school. And then after yeah. that, I, you know, my mom would have to drive 20 minutes in the other direction to drop like my little brother and sister off. So it was like, so they went to like, a
0: different Christian school than you did. They went
2: to different ones. Cause my school was only, you know, it's uh, eight through 12 or whatever. Oh, oh I yeah. thought maybe they
1: needed like a more dispensational upbringing and you were like, nah, <laughs> exactly. we're going to put it, we're going to put him in like the, the slightly more charismatic or something like that. Type. They were equal uh-huh.
2: opportunity, man. So okay, don't, don't worry about that. We dramatic. had an, we, had an there was an equity of charismatic slash dispensational christian schools at that time to go around for
0: everybody they actually drove your brother to israel a couple of times <laughs> in, 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 that time. in the van yeah.
2: well, they, didn't, exactly. they didn't drive to israel but they they would hang our Is, israel flags on the, the line as we're pulling into the parking lot right they had
1: right. a little star of david on the rearview mirror
2: totally 100 percent, because you know israel but um that's going to get us in trouble somehow right there, but I, I don't mind. Dude, uh, I think it is. Yeah. that's a, that's nah, a Well, not in our tribe. I mean, I, I don't yeah, know. But so this know. is what we had, Big T. You'll like this. Yeah. So this was uh, – we had an old Econo, and we had eight tracks. So, oh, yeah, the memories were yes. literally driving with Ma and the siblings – just popping in Keith Green and Larry Norman and Daniel Amos eight tracks and us literally just listening to th- it's not like we had a wealth of these things, by the way, it's yeah. not like we had a collection of like 208 tracks. We had like 11 and we yeah. would just literally just cycle through just wear them out.
0: Things. Well, yep. nobody had more than 11 because where are you going to put 208 song? tracks? You know, What's you need that? like a, you need like a storage facility for two hundred. Well, they, they, they had they had five cute. people and in a
1: twelve-passenger van. They could have had a whole library. We That's
2: fit true. More in. That's and, true. And uh, it was there was always like this idea. Hey, can we stop at the Christian bookstore <laughs> and actually buy a new one? It was like a dream, you know. Dude. And every once in a while, we'd get something, and we would just wear those things out. We would sing together. We knew every word. And I spent so I can't get those hours back. All that mm. time in the Okano. But they yeah. were actually good – they were good hours. They were good memories for us with with mom. She just hauled us everywhere. So, dude, think about like hauling us to school, going home. Oh, piano yeah. lessons. You know, back to piano lessons. We just – that's all we did, man. We were just in this car driving away from magical home.
0: Your dad would have literally been a millionaire were it not for like all the gas you guys oh, bought. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, not, even, not even debatable.
0: Can, can, yeah. we, can we pause and just – consider
1: the the sheer amount of like sacrifice that a mom makes what are we talking like three hours of driving a day to get kids to and from school i mean that yeah that's horrendous it is horrendous (laughs) it's not like fun
0: driving either it's not relaxing you know yeah because like it's in your car
1: it's the kind of thing where like, she, if she goes back home afterwards, she's got like a four-hour window to get maybe a little bit of stuff done and then turn around and do it all over again.
2: Like, that was the whole deal. She didn't even have that long of a window after all was said and done. And it was like – so she spent I don't know how many years of her life with the shorter – and she was classic housewife mom, right? And so, I mean, that <laughs> that window – That was like gold every day for her. I mean, that was literally freedom. That was like, finally, I have a life. That was, I got to cram everything into three hours, you know, to get everything done. I I mean, it was, yeah, yeah, it was everything for her. It was crazy. I
1: I think about the way that I get frustrated. So if my kids get invited to like a birthday party and they're like, it's from 5 to 8 p.m. I'm like, all right, so I'm going to drop them off at 5. What am I going to do for three hours before I go back and pick them up? It's like that, except with... Hugely extended commutes on either side and and probably responsibilities in the middle as opposed to how do I kill time
2: totally yeah. that's yeah, it was yeah. horrendous. i I can't believe she did it, but it was sort of the sacrifice of like kind of living out in this sort of like i said like this this sort of this magic rural you know area for us to yeah. grow up that was yeah. the sacrifice the sacrifice is that we never had any time to enjoy it because we were in the econo driving <laughs> exactly all day
0: but well, the, the essence, scenery was nice yeah, yeah. The yeah. scenery was fantastic. Yeah. That's amazing. Dude, you mentioned something, um, in, in your segment that made me think of something from the eighties and and from the world of moms, which was Christian bookstores, oh, like shout out Christian bookstores. Um, that was a big part of like, yeah, whatever, whatever the pattern of my mom's life was. So she was, a. She would occasionally sing like solos at church, mm. which was a the 80sist thing, right? Like you never have a soloist at church anymore. Yeah, like the um, big
1: poofball microphone and stuff. Yeah,
0: dude, like the yes. whole the whole thing, the big like backing special track, music, big T, special, special music. Yep. Yeah, so like my mom, part of her life was to drive to the Christian bookstore. Like she was looking through the like Sandy Patty backing tracks. Oh, so the that tracks. She could... Yeah, that's dude, that's the tracks so that she could she sing tracks. Oh, yeah. Yes. So she's she could sing a solo at church, and I remember just killing untold amounts of time in Christian bookstores, like waiting for her to do that. But I would like, I don't know, go to go to that little, you know how they had that little room where you could throw like a Petra record on and, and a set of headphones and listen to it or whatever. So uh, I, I would while away the the hours doing that while she. Um, while she looked for her backing track, all, she was a isolated time with Petra was so forming for you. All, very formative. That isolated time with Petra. Absolutely. But, uh, but my mom was, a, she was a great singer. She had a, she had a really beautiful singing voice. And um, yeah, the, the whole like Christian bookstore stop was there. There are so many things that were like native to us in the eighties, especially growing up evangelical that like our kids will never experience. And that's, that's one of them just because like, special music has gone from churches. But when I think of like enduring memories of my mom, um, weirdly, so my dad was a pilot. My dad was a, you know, he was an athlete and a coach and, uh, but a little bit later in my childhood, he became a, a pilot. So, you know, he wasn't there necessarily for like every practice. And, uh, my mom would actually like wrap my ankles before practice. And she was the least athletic least invested in sports person imaginable except that she like loved me and learned how to do it and wanted my ankles to be healthy and like when I had blisters she would tape those up and so I I just remember like propping my foot up on some ottoman while my mom who had no interest in sports would uh would would wrap my ankle so that's a that's a good one um Gosh, I had another one. Oh, yeah, because my dad flew a lot and traveled a lot. He was he would be gone for a night or two at a time. And my mom would always pull out like Sound of Music, mm. um, some some kind of video that she wanted to watch, like Fiddler on the Roof. So I think a lot of my artistic formation and she was a very creative person. So she she did the music stuff and painting. And I think whatever creativity I managed to like finagle out of my childhood came from from her influence, but, uh, but yeah, like having seen some of those movies, some of those musicals, it's, uh, it's all her doing. So those are, those are pretty solid memories of, um, you know, the time that we would get to spend together when pops was gone.
2: T it's probably why you're a big down abs fan.
0: You know what I mean? She kind of, I I think it is.
2: I think it is. Yeah. She was big into that that, music and fiddler on the roof. The next obvious, you know, uh, marker is going to be, going to be D abs, you know,
0: Totally, And she was a reader. She liked all those like British stories, and you know, she had a real she had a real taste for that kind of thing. So
2: Uh, your story, man, it kind of makes me think that maybe we should give our listeners like just a moment of silence uh, over the lack of
0: special music. uh, Dude, special music. I know, totally a thing of the eighties. What if we? And we should do the moment of silence. But uh,
2: totally a thing of the eighties. And also the church I was at ten years ago, who still was keeping (laughs) that tradition going.
0: Dude, I've been in that church and it was very 80s. Like there, everything about it, a lot of ficus trees. Yeah, I totally forgot you were in that church. Yeah, dude, I walked around in that church and That's it's right. so exceedingly 80s in great ways. But what um, color
1: was the carpet in that church?
0: Taupe. It was. It was wood actually.
1: Also, the walls were
0: taupe and the trees were taupe. And but the wood, was, the wood was like that that like yellowy wood, right?
2: Well, it was it was bamboo pipe, believe it or not. It was like really <laughs> expensive wood but it still looked 80 somehow. What Was this, like a church in Bali or something? It was. Yeah, yeah. I I, I kept, my mom would take me to the Acon line every day to Bali to go to
0: church. <laughs> That's right.
2: They had the best Christmas. Those, those vans were Bali. really underrated. Dude, they yeah. really are, man. And they're and they they love Israel. Moving yeah, on. Of
0: Dude, um what if what if now you're a man of the cloth, pipers in the church business now. I'm not. I so I have no power over this. But what if what if we like brought back special music? What if we made a concerted effort over the next year to like get a lady in a dress with some poofy hair up on the stage singing to like a tape? You know, can we do <laughs> dude, that? I
2: actually think that's so miserable. It's cool now. Yeah, like, dude. I, you know, it, but then like I know it's like – so like my worship guy, like sometimes he'll have – I mean wait for it, boys. Don't be offended. Sometimes he'll have a woman kind of start one of our songs. I know. I'm probably – you're probably going to have to kick me off the pod now. But, sorry um, dougie wilson
0: our <laughs> dude, apologies getting all, he's getting all phd on this thing again man he's got he's got to get in his couple of digs about way to, like, be, ecu- way,
1: way to be ecumenical ron good job
0: so i, was just, Gloria I, Steiner,
2: I uh, everybody i know how Her, hard you guys are about that. i know how cbmw you guys are about these things but anyway um but it's funny because like it's like even that it's like oh no did we go too far <laughs> like was it was it too much like special music that she sang the first like four words? Like that's, that's as special music as we get now is like somebody on the team singing the first line accidentally by herself before everybody picks up with her.
0: So who decided that special music was like a terrible thing? Like do you guys uh, remember like who struck the death blow to I special music? I think it music? was all
2: the people in the world who knew it was terrible. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: well i I think it was it was probably it probably coincided with like the rise of uh like big worship music, so like the wow worship and stuff where people were like oh we we can do music that that like sounds melodically not awful and, and you put like
0: twenty five male models on stage and make it loud and yeah and yeah
1: and that's not to speak highly of a lot of that worship music because a lot of it was sort of vapid garbage but uh, yeah. at least it was like well-produced yeah. <laughs> as opposed to like a couple warbling voices over a, a track of like dishpan drums and, and electric piano.
2: Yeah. I think too, it's just, you know, this whole movement of man, we're not here to perform. We're here to do, you know, congregational worship. Everybody sings. We don't want to put it. We don't want to platform anybody. Yeah,
0: we don't want to platform it except our pastor, you know, except for the pastor for forty five minutes every
2: Sunday, but other than that, nobody gets special treatment
0: for forty five minutes every Sunday and eighty hours a week on Twitter other than that, no platforming no nope, zero
1: I, I, I have a I have a question for you guys about moms, and this one might be this is this is a potentially touchy subject, but we're gonna go for it anyway uh what was what how did your mom keep order in the house? I uh, realized Ted you were an only child, so order. Uh, was very different for you than those of us with a full house slash Mm -hmm. discipline when you needed it. What was the sort of disciplinary order keeping style?
0: Yeah, Um, there was a lot of order in my house. My house was quiet. Like, I loved being an only child. I I was such a huge fan of that, such that it's actually been hard to have multiple kids because especially when they were young, I was like, where's the where's the quiet? Like, where's my hour and a half to reflect every afternoon? You know? Uh, so I missed that. Um, she, she was a tough disciplinarian though. Like, and my mom is the, the softest hearted kindest, sweetest person. And usually people like that can get run over, you know, that that's the risk that they can run or they can be so loving and so accommodating that they're afraid to like put their foot down. But, um, my mom was, she was tough with the, with the discipline. And one of the, one of the memories that I have, which would be like the, this would, this would cause like CPS calls in 2020. Like she would wash my mouth out with soap. Dude. Like if, yeah, if I, if I would, swear. What did
1: you say that like, do you remember any specifics? Like, you know, you've seen, have you seen the movie, a Christmas story,
0: Yeah, dude. you know, where I he remember. says,
1: he says fudge, except it's not fudge. Yeah. And, uh, and then gets I, the bar of soap. What, what did you say?
0: I got it for that one, definitely. But also I in th- this, she could this hear one you now. <laughs> exactly. This one I'll never forget. Um, I made fun of another kid's last name. Um and she freaked because we have a weird last name. And, you know, she she probably knew what I would put up with and what, you know, kids kids could just be mean, but she didn't tolerate me being mean to other kids in that way. I wasn't, I wasn't a mean kid. I'm sure I was just experimenting with like making a joke, you know, about somebody's last name. But I was, I was in that front bathroom getting, getting the, the bar of like dial soap shoved in my mouth for that one. And and again, like in, in today's like vernacular, that moment would be anathema, you know, it'd be like, you don't have
2: anymore if that's today
0: yeah i'd be like what wounds do you have from that and i'm like no wounds except that maybe i'm a little bit better of a person because she did it you know like i'm also was i learned a, not to eat soap yeah she was a billion <laughs> percent in the right i was in the wrong and uh it was effective because i remember it um so yeah shout out to my mom for doing discipline um Discipline she was used, Ted. I don't know. <laughs> nah, dude, discipline. You know and and I think that was another thing of the 80s. Like you could discipline your kid without it being a 75-page white paper or a discussion <laughs> or, you know, you it, like it was just sort of accepted that that parents would discipline their kids and now it's like um I don't know, kids kids come to our house and it's just like they're doing parkour on the furniture and they'll be saying anything. You know what I mean? It's insane. <laughs> dude, I
2: got, dude i got some soap i had Did the you? I had, oh i had the soap experience for sure yeah. i yeah. mean that's that's what it was but you know what so pike to your point man so it wasn't like in a christmas story for me i didn't she didn't just put the bar in my mouth but hmm. she would like take it and rub it across my teeth
1: oh, oh so it's like it's like
2: soap shavings scraped <laughs> onto your teeth totally so like so it was like so she would just rub it all across my teeth and up into my lips. And so that, you know, for like once, for like, I don't know, five seconds or whatever. And so it was like, okay, we're done. But it's like, now you have, like, that's that's what a filthy mouth, that's what it's actually like. Yeah. she was like, she was teaching me through it. So then it was like, so you'd go and you'd immediately try to rinse out your mouth, but then it would just become all like, like bubbly and, and soapy and <laughs> sudsy.
1: She was a genius.
2: Was, oh dude, yeah. so. You just, like, the more water you put in, (laughs) the more it was, like, bubble bath in the mouth, right? Yeah. So at some point, it was like, I don't know how to get rid of this stuff because the more water I do to rinse it out, it just makes it worse. Like, that was brilliant.
0: You were learning a little bit about science, too. I was learning a little bit about
2: science, and uh, (laughs) after the age of seven, I never spoke to my mom again.
0: (laughs) There you go. Well, what – what sweet memories, you know? <laughs> um,
2: so, guys, all of this Econo line soap stuff is pre-eight years old.
0: Exactly. A lot of miles in the Econo line before. Yeah, if you been.
2: talked to Lorraine recently? Let me know and say hi to her for me because that
0: was it. Dude, is she still driving like whatever today's version of the Econo would be?
2: Yeah, that would be a BMW SUV. And I shouldn't have said that, but I did. Dude, Lorraine, living them well,
0: dude. She put in a lot of miles in the in the economy. Yeah, so she she
1: earned she, it with all of that she commuting.
0: That BMW SUV, man. There's no doubt about it. Good for her. Yeah. Pipe. What about you? Um, lessons oh, from from your I, mom from childhood.
1: My mom. So I'm I'm the youngest of four boys, and my mom is the oldest of ten kids. So needless to say. She learned a fairly firm handed version of keeping order in the house, and not in like a not in like a drill sergeant like she was hard and mean, but like the rules were the rules, and you knew exactly what they were i was like I never wondered whether or not I was out of line I knew exactly mm-hmm. what in line was and exactly what out of line was and yes. uh and they were kind of a one size fits all disciplinarian family like it wasn't until i was probably like middle school that we we moved beyond just you're getting a whooping. Like there's yeah. it's just, you know, so if you if you are if you're fighting with your brother, if you break something, if you lie, if you know, you mouth off to your parents, whatever, you're just, you know, you're getting a whooping. And so it was just that. And uh I you know, I'm sure there are people who are like, oh, you have to discipline different kids different ways and I think that's probably true. But when you have four boys and like you're just constantly bordering on anarchy. Yeah, a, f- a firm hand is about the only way to handle it. And I don't recall them either of my parents. Like I don't, I don't recall a sense of like, boy, they were really over the top. I pretty mm. much always deserved it. Uh, so yeah. yeah, but she, like, I remember her. She just, she would, you know, my brother would be like sitting on my chest, just beating on me. <laughs> and she would walk in and she didn't take sides. She would like collar us both, like uh-huh. send us to different corners, paddle us both and like sit us off somewhere. And it was just like just crushing all all uh, all uprisings before. Yeah. You know, she she's like, I'm not the jury. I'm just the judge. Like we're not we're not weighing cases here whose fault it was. I don't care. Don't do this anymore. And yeah. uh, it was pretty it was pretty effective.
0: It's kind of cool um, that they didn't have like mommy blogs back then where she would have like collared both of you and then set you in like some perfect lighting and, taking a picture of it, you know? Yeah. Gosh, it would have been so much better though.
2: It would have. It would have been so good. Yeah. It would have been so much better. Yeah, you know, it's really, that? yeah,
1: it's I, using your kids as object lessons for the internet is great. It's really good for totally. their psyches. Yeah, so like I wish you would have done that more. She, I
2: need to write a blog about it. And then afterwards, um, I need to get some comments on you to add to the blog. That would exactly. have been so instructive, man. Would, yeah. Well,
0: so enriching too.
1: I think and, you know. it's so like the, the whole rise of the mommy blog and like this life is so messy and my life, is one big load of laundry kind of thing like i think i don't even think my mom thought in those terms you know Thank she God, with, with four boys playing exist yeah playing like four different sports she was like a professional chauffeur while yeah. also not missing games or at least she or my dad were at one of our games because sometimes they were at the same time in different parts of the city we yeah. hadn't i remember you know she had you know we we did chores and we would have these piles of laundry that were like Floor to ceiling and took up half the living room because again six yep. people in the house, and she just never quit. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know when my
2: mom rested ever. Yeah, because yeah. uh, I know I always wonder that too, pipe. I know they had like those days where it was just, it was just nonstop, man. It's crazy to think did, about.
1: Did your moms ever hit that point? Like I remember one specific yes. occasion, my mom was <laughs> at the stove making dinner, and I'm sure it had been one of those days. that was like, took took three of us to different practices. We went to private schools here and there too. So like there was a lot that we didn't have buses. Uh, so a lot of carpooling and things like that. So maybe she took a carload of like other little brats too. And and then laundry and whatever. And we're just bickering. Me and my, at least one of my yeah. brothers are just bickering. She just slams the wooden spoon down. So like spaghetti sauce or whatever it was like splatters up to the ceiling. She turns around and just walks out of the house.
2: Yes. I was nice. probably
1: like six. And I was like, mom's gone. She's never coming wow. back. Wow. And she
2: never came back, <laughs> did she, Pipe?
1: No, I, I've, I've, I've <laughs> missed very, her ever since. That's sort it's, of the dark uh, ending to the
0: story, Ron. At yeah, the end. You know?
1: <laughs> but did, did your moms ever just reach that point where like they just like, they needed like their 15 minutes of like, I'm, I'm going to choke these kids if I don't just breathe some fresh Dude, air or get some quiet.
2: 100%. And they would like, my mom would escape to her room, like shut the door. And then, though, and this is what I want to ask you boys, then it turned into the classic, wait until your dad gets home, he's going to deal with this. And it's like, no, it's like, oh, no, you just announced the apocalypse is what you announced right there. Mm. See, my
1: mom would very, like, it took, it took an enormous amount for that to be the case. And it was one of those things where like. If I had like done something really bad at school, and my mom, that's you know, I mean. she's the one who picked us up, so she gets the note from the teacher, and she's like, "We will talk to your father
2: about this." Dude, that, I mean, that's when it's bad, though. That's when it. I mean, yeah. all cliches aside, that's when it was brutal. If it was something to where she wouldn't take care of it on her own, which is actually what you always hoped, and if it was like, <laughs> "Yeah, we'll put this on hold until Bob's came home," you just it was you were done, and then you the rest of your afternoon was ruined, and you mm. were scared to death, and um. Again, you know, I, I haven't. This hasn't happened to me since I was seven because you know of, of everything I described. But yeah,
1: yeah. Ted, did did you ever get the wait till your father gets home?
0: Uh, you know, I've been sitting here thinking about it, and I think because I was an only child, there just wasn't that level of chaos. You know what I mean? And there's nobody for me to fight with. Like if yeah, I was f-
2: to fight with T, so you don't really ever yeah. get in that big of trouble, right?
0: So. No, and, and if I did, it was always like. Because of somebody else in the neighborhood or whatever that I was you know fighting with or or whatever, so it never yeah it, it never got to that like wait till your dad gets home point um now there were there were definitely times where like my dad would get very upset with me um and and it would kind of be good good cop, bad cop a little bit, although they were always on the same page, dude, I remember one time when um and this was so formative, man. It's it's funny what's formative about, about growing up. I was in high school, and it must have been like shortly after I got my license. So I was probably 16, maybe a junior. And um, I'd gone bowling with some friends. And I was supposed to be home at 11. And I got home at like 11.03, like literally three minutes after the curfew. Uh, and my pops freaked. Like he was, he was waiting for me and like waiting to chew me out. Uh-oh. And – I was literally, I was kind of like, what's the big deal? But it was him just like teaching me a lesson about when you say you're going to do something, like you need to do it. You need to follow through. And it's amazing what sticks with you. So like, I, I wanted to ask you guys. So we've we've kind of talked about like what specifically we learned from our moms. But what what attribute did you take? Like what aspect of your personality did you like most get from your mom? Mm. And I think for me, it would be like, she was always the soft kind of tender-hearted one and very tender-hearted toward anybody who had less or anybody who was weaker um just exceedingly kind, forgiving, the first person to say I'm sorry, the first person to say I forgive you. Like whatever kind of soft-heartedness I got, I think I I got from her. Um what about you guys? Mm. Uh my mom there's a couple. I mean I
1: mentioned all the, the, the reading and everything earlier. So in terms of like habits and, and that kind of thing, just the, the the real enjoyment of a really good story and imagination and creativity, those kinds of things. My mom was always crafting. Like she would yeah. she would read to us while knitting or crocheting or whatever. Like just she just did those things for fun, you know. It wasn't she, you know, she Dude, she Shout sold. out
0: crafting. That was a big eighties thing too. Oh, yeah. Cute. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and like she still does that. Like she just she'll just like set up a book or I guess now she she reads a lot of electronic, you know, electronically. So sets up her iPad and just sits there and crochets or knits and so like all of us kids have like blankets that she's made us and things like that. So that that whole side just the creativity imagination side, but I think in terms of personality traits like my mom is just unflappable. You know, so like that instance yeah. where she walked out of the house was so it stands out cuz it just didn't happen. Like she didn't lose her she didn't lose her mind, even yeah. though I'm sure we gave her many reasons to. And yeah. you know we've we've put her through some hell over the years, all of us kids in some way, shape, or form. And she's just steady as the day wow. is long. And I think you know being married to my dad for fifty whatever two three years now, um, and being with him through kind of the craziness of ministry, just just solid as a rock and i think i don't know if i've absorbed that in terms of personality trait or as much as aspiration but i look at that and i go that's that she just shows her strength in that and i think i've absorbed some of it and just sort of like weathering things she just yeah. weathers a lot of stuff and comes out the other side i'm sure she she bears the marks of it but for the most part she she doesn't like crumble under the pressure of things
0: yeah yeah that's awesome Dude, I feel like I spent half my childhood waiting in a Joanne Fabrics. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, my mom's getting all her crafting stuff. I'm looking at, like, the fake fur, which was the only cool thing to look at in Joanne Fabrics. Um,
1: Just hours. Yes, being dragged to Joanne or
0: or Michael's. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, the worst. Shopping with my mom. Jerry Seinfeld has this bit about how, as a child, boredom is heavy. So, as you wait with your parents, like, you just can't stand up anymore because it's so (laughs) heavy. Yeah. And and I just remember, yeah, you know, being in, in craft stores with my mom and just feeling like I'm I'm gonna melt into the floor.
0: <laughs> dude, how many like collective thousands of dollars that our moms spend on like crafting stuff growing up? We'd probably all be millionaires.
1: Oh yeah, yeah I want to know. I want to like if I could just have all the money she spent on like hot glue sticks.
0: Oh totally, just, dude. Just that, I would. Dude, I, you that, know, I, could, I, I could put one of my fascinated. children through college. Totally. Like the glue gun was fascinating, though. I'm like this is this is really cool, mom. I always loved that glue gun, but I never. I always I loved, loved it, the glue gun. It yeah. was a penalty of death that you would ever touch it. Yeah, yeah.
1: I had to achieve a certain level of trustworthiness before I could help my mom because she used to make these. She used to make these advent calendars. Um, you know, so like one one piece goes on each day, and they're like these big fabric things, but they were made for like little kids. So that you'd hang them low when the kid could put them, and then there was a there was kind of a whole story, and you read through it bit by bit. To get to you know Jesus in the yeah. manger was the thing that happened on Christmas morning, but she made them all. So It was like sewing and velcroing, but then there was like you had to hot glue the velcro onto the little pieces, and that became my job. And it was like uh, it was like a promotion from childhood into to trustworthiness <laughs> when I got to use the hot glue gun for for the advent
2: nice. calendar pieces. Big pipe. I don't I don't know that I ever graduated to it. I don't think I was ever trusted with. Ron's
0: it. still waiting to use that glue Rops, gun. Yeah. Baby, we got to get you a glue gun.
2: I uh, mean I would love I would love a glue gun boy. Hey, how about this? I don't know listen, if you-, if you can find it in your hearts for a Christmas gift this year or something, but man, Well not I- this
0: year. Baby, listen, in 6 years when we're able to do live shows again, um, going to present we-
2: me with a personalized glue gun? Bro? We're going to present you with a, a monogrammed glue, glue gun. guns. Dude, that'd yeah.
0: be big. I, I'm going to put would, it in, like, a gold case with, like, velvet with a little cutout of a glue gun it's in it. So it could be a custom case, just kind of
2: giving you some ideas there. But um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that would, man, that, it'd be hard to contain my emotions, you know? know. So, you know, expect expect a lot of tears and uh, just the inability to even thank you in the moment. I'm going to be so choked.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, in true mom fashion, I'll be waiting by the, the mailbox for the thank you note, like, a week <laughs> and a half later. That's... <laughs> That's that's another mom thing.
2: Like, hey, in true mom fashion, you won't have to because by the time you get home, it will already be there. Yeah,
0: okay. exactly. Like, are you guys having issues with the mail? Because, like, I haven't seen a thank you note yet. You know? So
1: that that is one thing I I learned from my mom that I'm so grateful for is she just never made a big deal out of stuff like that. She made me write thank you notes. You know, if Grandma sends yeah. me birthday money or whatever. But I never remember my mom getting huffy about things she didn't receive. You know, thanks. Yeah. She didn't receive it. Just wasn't an issue. Which, so like, it never crosses my mind to expect a thank you from anybody for anything. And mm. I, I think it's kind of great because you just go through life being a lot less offended.
0: That's helpful because no one says it anymore for any reason. So, unless you're a Chick fil A, <laughs> then you say it as
1: often as you can just to see if you can get them to say "my pleasure." It's
0: there like a go. game. Nice,
1: Ronnie. What did you? Uh, what? What? I don't think you answered the character trait quality from your mom. Mm.
2: Yeah, I think uh, she had kind of this unwavering, you know, um, just sense of sacrifice, I -hmm. think, you know, I I think it was we kind of touched on it, but it was this ability to just sort of exist and be, uh, you know, in the mundane, Mm -hmm. mundaneness of life with all of us kids and to just be steady. Mm -hmm. And it's remarkable when you look back on it, right? And, um, you know, I don't remember her. I mean, I'm sure she had really bad days and I know she did, but that ability to just do all of these things that don't get her any props and, you know, nobody's telling her how great she is. You know, again, it was before where you, you have, you have the ability to like, you know, post something and everybody tells you how, you know, faithful and how devoted Mm -hmm. you are. There was none of that back then, and she was just mm-hmm. super devoted, like 100% devoted to us and to dad and uh, and just, I mean, all of the stuff, all the driving. I mean, I'm underplaying the amount of driving we did seriously because it, wow. it was extreme. It was unbelievable, and she just did it, and yeah. – and, uh, with very little, uh, appreciation for sure, you know, cause we were kids, yeah. so we didn't, we didn't realize it at the time. So just that ability to do things that aren't fun, aren't enjoyable, that you don't get a lot of appreciation for, but you do it because it's the right thing to do. And it's your calling, you know?
0: Yeah, man. Well said. That's, uh, it, it really does make me nostalgic for that time. Um, they weren't performing, you know, exactly. they, they weren't well said. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't putting on for anybody. It was uh it was just daily, yeah daily devotion, daily grinds, um yeah, interesting stuff, man, um, this has been a good ad, boys, this has been like I think restorative for me, um in that it it had gotten hard to do radio lately, and uh all we needed was to talk about our moms, so um, yeah, a little bit
1: a little bit of brightness in the midst of what what has been an abject disaster of, of a news cycle slash year slash whatever.
0: Totally. We need his mom. That's it, man. Mom, the account of line, the eight tracks trips to joy and fabrics. That's the, that's the prescription for our broken world right now. That and the gospel, I obviously,
2: I think, it, I think that's our prescription for it. That's that's <laughs> totally what we're going to write boys,
0: dude, the book we're going to write and never get a deal for. Um, we can, we can write that one in 2026 after we pull together just a few things. Um, That no doubt it will be a bestseller. Um, boys, we've done what we always do in this program in that we've wandered to and fro throughout this topic. And until next time,
1: the happy rant is brought to you by resonate recordings.